Hello, and welcome to Living Life Squirrel, a podcast about living and loving life with ADHD. My name is Robin, and I am your host. I'm a woman who is diagnosed with ADHD at 39, after living most of my adult life not knowing I had the condition. This podcast is meant to dispel the myths about ADHD based on my own experience and what it feels like for me and looks like to my family and friends. Today, I am so honored to have my very first guest. When I first shared my condition, I chose to share on the podcast Exclusion through Canadian Equality Consulting because although I didn't know the hosts, Marcy Hronick or Alicia Nardison, I trusted them to be respectful and help me share my story in a positive way. I knew they would help me bring awareness of what ADHD really is and share how someone can be successful and have ADHD. My guest today is someone I have only met once, but someone who mutual friends speak incredibly highly of, and I am so honored she has trusted me to share her story. Jessica Conlin and I connected when I shared my condition of ADHD publicly, and when I began this podcast, she reached out to see if I would like a guest because she has a story to tell. Of course, I was thrilled and I jumped at the chance to have her on Living Life Scrow. So today... Jessica will share her story. Welcome, Jessica. Hello. Hello. So, Jessica, why don't you share a bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, I am currently a mom and wife and public relations professional living in Calgary. At thirty, uh, at thirty-five years old, I embarked on a brand new weight loss journey, and through that weight loss journey. I found out uh, through a couple of different ways uh, that I had a lot of the markers for ADHD. And that is how I ended up here with you today. I love how you chose to share that there's a link between disordered eating and ADHD because I had anorexia as a teenager and it really had nothing to do with weight, but my need to control things. So how old were you when you first started struggling with eating? I was 10. Uh, I remember it. I remember it well. It was third grade. Um, it started with um, a sleepover at a girlfriend's house. And same thing. It was completely about control. And where my um, disordered eating was on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, it, neither here nor there. It's about how you feel in your body. It was absolutely about control. And it's really uh, embarrassing to admit Um However, it's it's my truth, and so I talk about it now. Um, but 10 years old, I can remember having my first binge at a sleepover party at a girlfriend's house in third grade. That is heartbreaking to hear that. Um, once that happened, did you try specific diet plans? Like, were you avoiding certain foods? Were you, you know, trying to follow certain diets? And what was that like? Yeah. So most of my adult life uh, up until four years ago was spent in a yo-yo diet cycle. So I spent time doing almost every diet under the sun. Uh, there was a diet that had a doctor who gave you a shot in the stomach. There was another one that had you cut out all of the carbs that you could. It's been rebranded in the past few years as a different diet. Uh, I've done the ones with apps. I've done the ones with meetings. Um, essentially, when I was great, I was great and on, and it was an all or nothing prospect. Um, so as soon as I fell off, I completely fell off and stopped. And so I lost and gained the same 70 pounds three times in my adult life 
and knew that there was something more that had to be done. Um, and, and that's when I, I sort of started looking at the next options. Well, that's one thing like diets and weight loss programs, they don't really work for people with ADHD because it's so difficult to keep those records and weigh food and have the exact portion sizes or even food groups. And I know I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant with my oldest, and it was so hard just keeping track of what I had to eat and when. So when did you seek out help from a medical professional and what was it like? finding out that you had those markers for ADHD. Absolutely. I, I, I sought out um, the help of a medical professional in actually early 2015. So it was a two-year sort of cycle leading up to how I, how I got uh, onto the next stages of my weight loss journey. And for your listeners, that was weight loss surgery. Um, I know that that's not a solution that is for everybody, but... The program that I went through had doctors, nurses, and dietitians, as well as psychologists, both before, uh, leading up to, and after surgery. And with that uh, was a heavy psychological component. And in the program, um, there, the psychologist was specifically focused on the linkage between ADHD and obesity and finding particularly in female patients that the linkages were as high as, as 75% of, of the patients that were in the clinic at the time uh, were showing significant markers, if not um, pretty significant flags to be sent to the other psychologist for potential testing and diagnosis. So that would have been a crazy aha moment for you. It's funny the way that it all shook out. They they do a checklist with you first and ask you a bunch of questions and you see the the number of checks on the checklist and you think, oh, that's funny. That was an ADHD screen. And then as I ruminated on it, it, it you know, huh. And then, then the question came up, have you ever been assessed for ADHD? Absolutely not. Um, I think not unlike you, Robin, I was a high-performing student. Um, I've always been a fairly high-performing individual but with quirks and, and a number of things that are, are very different from what I considered typical. Um, and sort of, I sort of just chalked it up to that's how I live my life and that's okay. As I got further along and further questions and, and deeper dive questions were asked, um, things started popping up, particularly around hyperfocus and hyperfixation. Um, and that's where like the, probably the biggest aha moment in the weight loss journey for me came was realizing that regardless of the tool that was given for actual weight loss, that uh, I was going to need to have to learn, like I was going to have to learn to manage that hyperfixation and hyperfocus. I know what you mean with that hyperfocus, because when I had anorexia, I would create binders of pictures of food that I wouldn't eat. And, you know, it was just hyperfocusing on what I couldn't have. Those with ADHD, they're naturally impulsive and there's erratic eating habits. So when I hear somebody say, oh, what do you want for dinner when it's breakfast? I think, oh my gosh, that's so far away. How can you think that far in advance? So how do you plan for meals so that you're not eating impulsively? Yeah, so I, wanna, I want to say that I'm absolutely imperfect as a human being. And so this is, you know, most of the time, not all of the time. But since my bariatric surgery, um, one of the, the 
very um, early components of the programming was was learning how to food plan. And so that was very important coming out of surgery because you needed to make sure that you had enough um, macronutrients in your body to so that you, you know you were staying healthy, um, that that your body wasn't feeding off of the the muscles in and and all that comes along with that, the the programming instilled good habits in me, and I've just sort of carried those through as I've gone. Typically, I I plan dinners and and lunches. From time to time, I'll plan all of them. Other times, I'll plan breakfast and dinner. It just sort of is how it goes. But I always plan dinners for the week so that we don't get to four o'clock and I'm stuck in analysis paralysis or my husband doesn't ask me in the morning what we want to have for dinner and I can't think that far ahead. Well, that's the thing like you, those with ADHD also look for that dopamine. So looking for the carbohydrates um, because it triggers that rush of dopamine in the brain. I know I don't have that craving because I'm a celiac. So it's really hard to crave carbohydrates, but I'm also a sugar junkie. Do you find there's certain foods that you reach for or that you have to avoid? 100%. I am a sweet tooth through and through. Um, I often have said I'm a slave to sugar and I've tried to really shift that mindset in the last little bit because um, if that's the story I'm telling myself, then I will continue to be. However, um, I tried to eliminate sugar completely from my diet and and similar to uh, a lot of friends who have ADHD, especially female friends who have ADHD. It's that all or nothing mindset that got me stuck. And if I was good, I was good. And, you know, I would reward myself accordingly. Uh, if I was bad, it, the reward was just as good because that that dopamine spike, um, you know, sugar lights up your brain in, in a very similar way to cocaine, if not more. Um, and so I, I needed to reach for sugar in a measured way and be mindful and be able to create moderation. But I, I heard a, a line that said, excess in moderation and moderation in excess. So that's something that I, I have up on my wall and I try to remember all the time. I love that. What was it like telling your husband and those close to you about your ADHD diagnosis and then having to have them help you with avoiding certain foods? Like I know we constantly have candy in the house and a lot more junk food than we should. Um, but when you're focused on healthy eating, there are things that you can't have in the house or you have to have in moderation. Um, how do they support you? I have a son, a daughter, and my husband at home. My husband actually has been on a, a weight loss journey of his own, but um, it is very neurotypical. He has been beside me all along the way in terms of shifting our lifestyle to a more healthful lifestyle. And that's the word that we choose to use. We choose to use the word healthful so that it's not necessarily um, seeming like it's a, a punishment because I have one of my children um, has the diagnosis of ADHD and I don't want him to believe that the food reward system is what he, where he needs to lend or lean to. And so we choose the, the term healthful because sometimes, um, you know, filling your cup with a treat is a healthful choice and, and good for the soul as well. We make sure that the kids have um, each of the food groups in their lunches. Um, we don't bring in a lot of snacks or treats unless they are that, a, a single time treat. And otherwise, um, you know, we, we just try to make sure that we've got enough produce in the fridge that when I start snacking at 11 o'clock at night, uh, I'm reaching for celery because it's the only thing in there. 
What do you do now instead for the dopamine rush that you would normally be getting from food? Never ever in my whole life did I think I would say this, not because of my weight, um, but just because of the person I was pre-health and weight loss journey. But I love working out. Um, the pandemic has sort of underscored that for me. We've got a lovely little space in our basement that uh, both of us use not at the same time because it's not big enough, but both my husband and I use as our workout space. And it, it's crazy. I, I never thought I'd be the type of person that, that I enjoyed working out, but I really do. And I find the other thing that it does is that it gives me uh, enough of that, that energy spike to get the dopamine rush, but it keeps me... Um, it keeps my body healthy and and lets me sleep at night. Yes, sleep is so important, especially um, when you have ADHD. And I find after working out, I'm able to sleep better um, unless I do it too close to bedtime and then it keeps me awake. But um, yes, exercise daily walks I do just to keep myself sane. Um, we know that stimulant medications were made for a reason, but they can also help with weight loss. There's that boost to the brain that helps those with ADHD become better at following through with eating and exercise plans and helps them be more consistent. Are you treated with stimulant medication? And did you notice any difference? Absolutely. I am on, uh, I am currently on stimulants. I'm on Vyvanse and I quite, uh, it, it has made a big shift in my life. What, what I will say is that never in my whole entire life did I imagine that someone would tell me that I was too thin. But after I started taking it in the combination of the weight loss previously, and then again, uh, the, the small weight loss that came from starting the stimulants, um, I hit a bottom weight that was a bit uncomfortable. As I said before, it's, it's about feeling comfortable in your skin and feeling comfortable in your body. And there was a moment I looked in the mirror and realized that I had gone too far. And so at that point, what I did with my food and with the way that I ate daily was I created a schedule. I put it on the desktop of my computer. I hung it on my wall. I put it in on my notepad that I can see beside where my mouse is so that I knew if I looked up and it was noon, it was time to eat lunch. The other thing that I have I've noticed with the stimulants is that I have to make sure that I time things out and sometimes set reminders, especially if I'm uh, hyper-focused <laughs> into a task because I can forget to eat. And that's where some of the problem lies. Much like most people, uh, just because I don't feel hungry doesn't mean I don't get hangry. And so I try to make sure that I manage all of that together. I completely find that it's much easier to forget to eat meals when I'm working from home because there is no natural progression from going into the office to taking a lunch break to going home to having dinner. It's just sort of the entire day blends together. So I appreciate that you have to put reminders to eat because it's so easy to forget, especially on stimulants. We know that those with ADHD like instant gratification. Um, and you mentioned that you don't like to focus on rewards that are food-based for your kids or for yourself. So how did you manage to reward yourself with little treats while you were on your journey? For me, it was it, it was clothes because I've always been somebody who loved clothes, loved fashion. Uh, and now I loved the way that I felt in clothes. So that was a big one. Um, and, and we do use food as, as treats or rewards, M more treats than rewards, I would say. And, and we, we frame it to the kids in terms of like, 
a treat is something that you don't have every day. And so that's how, how it works like that. But I certainly um, have shifted a little bit what treat meant as well, because if the kids ask for a treat now, sometimes it's playing a card game together, uh, going for a bike ride as a family, those kinds of things. Um, and I'm sure that someday down the road, they're going to remember and, and laugh at me or, uh, you know, when they're with their families, maybe, maybe their treats are, are all food related. But for us, it was just a bit of a shift. Um, I love going on bike rides for the kids. Unfortunately, we're down to only one bike because it's impossible to find bikes right now. But once we find bikes, we'll get back into that. So what advice would you give to somebody struggling with their weight who suspects they may have ADHD? I think I would suggest finding a professional who specializes in ADHD counseling. That was the first step for me to, um, you know, someone to talk through whether this was a legitimate concern whether the diagnosis was necessary, what that what that could mean and what it could look like. And also I looped in my family doctor who has been an absolute rock star. And I would recommend uh, you know, going and, and visiting with your medical professionals or your medical team. And if you don't have them, assembling one. Uh, from there, there are great resources uh, out in, in all of the spheres, but I have found some really, really great um, information community and, and people on TikTok of all places. TikTok is awesome. Um, well, some things on TikTok are yes. awesome. Other <laughs> things we have to uh, censor from the kids. But is there anything else you'd like to share so people can better understand ADHD and what it looks like in real life? Um, I know we're constantly hearing it means that people are unfocused or they're um hyperactive, but it can also present in different ways. So are there other things that you'd like to share so people can better understand? Absolutely. I think that the first thing I would say is uh, never judge a book by its cover because uh, what ADHD looks like in one person doesn't necessarily mean the exact same thing in every diagnosis. Um, The other thing I would say is if, especially right now while we're at home and on Zoom calls, uh, somebody can't sit still and uh, they're they're moving around a lot. They're they're probably either struggling with the fact that they're at home on Zoom calls, or you know may, maybe consider that they've got ADHD. I know I found a number of resources: the under desk bike, also the standing desk, help me both concentrate but also get the fidgets out because I tend to um, move around a lot in my seat. I don't ever sit like a normal person. I've got a leg up, I've got an arm up, I've got things around. Um, I think the other thing I would suggest is that, um, you know, a formal diagnosis is the best way through treatment, but it's okay to see yourself in in other people's um, diagnoses, to see yourself in other markers, as long as you're not um, dealing with that in an unhealthy way. I fully appreciate your comment about not sitting still because I'm sitting cross-legged right now (laughs) in my desk chair. (laughs) Yes. I know disclosure of ADHD is difficult because of the stigma, yet we both know people who have ADHD and it's so much more common than people realize. So why is it that you chose to share your story with me on this podcast? I spent a lot of time feeling really alone in some of my behaviors and some of them, and again, uh, this comes from TikTok and feeling like I'm not alone. Some of them are things like, um, random piles of things everywhere just because I didn't want to put them away, but I didn't want to see them anymore. Um, if I have a, a, you know, a pint of ice cream, I 
it's not that I need the ice cream. It's not that I even really want the ice cream. It's that I know it's there and I can't concentrate on anything else. And until it's gone, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't concentrate on anything else. And so the fact that I have finally at, at 39 now, but starting at 35, started to realize that I'm not alone, that these are not shameful behaviors, that this is just, you know, part of how my brain works it feels good to know I'm not alone. And so I'd love to have a, like a further discussion with people. I'd love to um, let people know that they're not alone. And at very, very least, I'd love to just um, let other women who, you know, consider that they may have some sort of beautiful brain know that, that it's okay to have that. I love that. I like to think there were a little bit of a secret society, um, but there's more and more people coming forward, which is fantastic. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to connect? I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am usually under Jessica Paulus or Jessica Conlin. And uh, please feel free to find me on there and reach out. Awesome. And I'll put your contact details in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here and helping me normalize ADHD. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for the chat. Thanks, Jessica. Until next time, this is Robin and this is Living Life Squirrel, a podcast about how ADHD is more than a list of symptoms. If you have an idea, question, or comment, please write to me at livinglifesquirrel at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.